Praise God. How's everybody doing today? Welcome, welcome, y'all. Happy Father's Day, dads. Any dads in the house? Amen. We have a special treat for dad today. First of all, we have, and this is on your way out, so we're not passing them around. This is just for me. In case the message doesn't go real well. <laughs> we have a, a, a old-fashioned dad's root beer. I, I, we didn't tell you before, but we upgrade stuff a lot of times around here that's really expensive. You guys are great givers, even though we don't make a project out of it, like we're doing the expansion. But like that camera right there in the middle, see what it can do. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah? <laughs> Those things are, it's a broadcast uh, camera now. Now you can see that's what you get for being a dad. Besides, say that's not much. Well, also, you get whatever is in this bag. All right? And I'll tell you what it is it is a, a, a beef stick, it's been called a slice of heaven. Uh, and that's just for the dad. It's really good. And uh, you get one of those on your way out. too. So these two things together, you know you're awesome. Yeah. Right? And, and I actually sometimes use this in case I don't feel the anointing. I eat one of these and then pray for people. And they fall back. <laughs> so eat it after you leave here. We like to be friendly. And uh, it's really good. But happy Father's Day, all of you. Dad, hey, one more thing before I get into the word. Uh, we're coming up at the end of our six months uh, of prayer teams. So we have people in the church, some of you, that pray every Sunday for these services for you. You get prayed for just for being in the building. And you might even spill over to those watching online. Not sure, but possibly. Okay. And, uh, and they gather. So uh, starting in July, we have new teams. And if you'd like to be a part of one of our prayer teams, this basically means... You'll come twice a month, uh, 25 minutes prior, 30 minutes prior to a service starting. They pray for 25, and they pray for you. They pray for me, the manifestation of God's Spirit in our midst, okay? And if you would like to be a part of one of those teams, you, you may, all right? Many of you are serving in other areas. Everybody's serving somewhere, right? That's just the way we do it around here. Uh, but if you would like to... Uh, if it doesn't conflict, you can be a part of one of those teams. Just text that word. This is how we do things around here. Text the keyword PRAY to that number. If you'll do that, you'll get a response, and you'll see how you can sign up and be a part of our, our world-famous, holy, amazing, faithful, soon-to-be-rewarded-forever prayer teams. Good deal? Good, good, good. If you have your Bible with you today, go ahead and get that out. If you have your Bible apps with you, go ahead and fire them up and go to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah 53. I've been teaching the last couple of weeks a new series called Healing Basics. All right. So many people do not understand the foundation of healing. And because of that, when they need it, and it seems everyone needs it from time to time, uh, they don't know 
if it works or if it's going to work or how it's going to work. And so I, I'm taking a little time here uh, to explain the basics of this. Um, I, I, you know, I mean, some Christians, they're legit Christians. I mean, they really do love God, but they, they are clueless regarding this subject. And a whole lot of churches completely ignore it because they don't understand it. They don't understand why, hey, how come it worked there and it didn't work there? Or usually the case is with those who don't talk about it, how come it never works? And so this is not difficult, though. It, it is really not a complicated thing, but we can give attention to it, and the Lord will help us. Amen. How many, out, by the way, already, um, you could tell a difference in your head. You put your finger there on your head, and you got a healing in your, in, in your head when, when we did that. All right, I see a hand over there and a hand over there. Good, 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 good. Another one over there. Good, good. Thank you, officer. Awesome. Right there, too. Good, 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 good. Can I see another? Can I see another? Who's got another hand? Who's got another? Oh. <laughs> in the previous uh, parts to this series, I, I've shown you that God wants all people to be healed today. That is clearly demonstrated in the ministry of Jesus and how he conducted himself, how he ministered to people. And uh, also then, I was um, teaching last week on the connection between forgiveness and healing. Remember, it's all over the Bible. And, uh, and man, if we can keep, up, keep it simple and keep it that easy and keep healing as simple as forgiveness, it will help us tremendously just to, to receive what he has for us. And uh, it's not me that put those two together, by the way. It, the Lord put those together, right? And if he put them together, we shouldn't separate them. But that's what's happening in so many people today. They have separated forgiveness and healing. Healing's easy. Or forgiveness, I'll receive that easy, but healing, that's hard. And that is so, so wrong. And we just join them back together, and all of a sudden, everything's easy once again. In this third part of this teaching today, I want to give you the absolute foundation for all healings today. This is so very important and can be so very life-changing for you when you understand. This is how everybody gets it. This is why we can be bold in our declaration of Jesus as the healer and the power of God today. Are you ready for it? Okay. Here's what it is. It is that God included healing in his plan of redemption. It is not an afterthought. It is not a secondary issue with him. It is right there, right in the middle of Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection from the dead. Right there with our sins being washed away is the healing of our bodies. Again, it didn't happen at, a happen at a separate time, nor in a separate way. It happened at the exact same time. Now, redemption is a word that, uh, you know, I mean, it's used in society for different things. In church, we think of it, it could be a little bit of Christianese for some people, meaning they say the word, sing the word, and don't know what it means. Know what it means in, in regards to their life. And we want to get past just saying things like this and not really fully understanding what we mean when we say it, okay? Redemption has to do with uh, God paying our ransom. It is 
the fact that Jesus, with his own blood, paid in full the price of our salvation. When we say we've been redeemed, you think of the word redeem means to buy up or buy back, right? To, to rescue uh, from loss. When we say I've been redeemed, it just means Jesus paid for me. He did it with his very own blood. I was lost and he had to buy me back with his, with his own life. So when we say that, now the next step would be what was included in it? What did that encompass? Is it simply limited to the forgiveness of sins, which we would all take that if it was limited to that, all right? But is that the, the full explanation of what he did, or are there other parts to it? All right. So let's look at Matt, uh, Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 53, uh, beginning in verse 3. Isaiah writes, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Okay, now this is one of the famous great prophetic words that Isaiah brought about Jesus. And by the way, he did this several hundred years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He, by the Spirit of God, saw it. He was made aware of this future event, and these are the words he used to describe Jesus and what he would do. Now, lest we be confused about some of this language, I want to just take a moment. I can be, I can be a little bit technical right here, but explain what's being communicated. Uh, mo many of our modern English translations use the words here, griefs and sorrows. Because of that, because of that, the translation, many people have thought that what Jesus did was limited to emotional type of needs, and they've excluded the physical part of it, okay? So, in other words, if you lose a, you know, if a loved one passes away, uh, he'll be with you in your sorrow, and he'll help restore you, and, and I have no doubt that he wants to help people in that situation, but they look at these verses and see grief, oh yeah, I'm grieving, the Lord, you know, provided for that, or I, I'm sorry, I'm sorrowful. Uh, that's what he was talking about. And, and, and some will even go to this point. They'll say, this is talking about spiritual healing. You know, by his stripes we are healed, spiritual healing. But how many know uh, spiritual healing is not really a thing? D did you know spiritual healing is not a thing? Okay, it's not a thing. Uh, your spirit does not need to be healed. Your spirit is either alive or dead. Okay? Sin we're all separated from God, that spiritual death. When you receive Jesus, you get born again, you're made alive, okay? It doesn't, you're not partially made alive. You're not on the way. You're instantaneously and completely forever made alive, yeah? So that's the, re that's the new birth. So spiritual healing is not a thing. This is referencing our physical bodies. Now, interesting, the, the Hebrew word here translated grief 
uh, the Hebrew word uh, koli, is, is translated in other parts of the same Bible as uh, sicknesses. Same word, in fact, many places. I could give you references, but you can find them if you're interested. Same Hebrew word, sickness, 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 sickness. Isaiah, grief. It's almost inconsistent. It is inconsistent. And, uh, and, and so grief then would be sicknesses. In fact, there are translations like the Young's literal translation that just translates it as it is. And he says there are sicknesses and pains. The, the Hebrew word there for sorrows, macabre, would, would uh, be translated as pains. Other places in our same Old Testament Bible, it's translated pains and not sorrows. Okay, so if we want to have a full picture of what, uh, of what took place here, it is saying surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our sorrows, so uh, our pains, excuse me. Okay, so the word by his stripes we are healed references sickness and pain, not just, you know, grief and, and, and sorrow. All right, everybody with me? Okay, am I being too technical here? Just do a little... Little digging, little word, word explanation. W when did these things happen? Uh, consider the life of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John gives us those the account. Would you say Jesus walked around with a heavy heart? That he was half depressed, just constantly filled with sorrow. Would you say, as correctly translated, that uh, you know half the time he was limping? When he was going to his healing meetings, you know, where multitudes were healed, did they roll him in in a wheelchair? Okay, I don't think any of us would picture him in that regard. We're, we're not saying that Jesus was in his life sick, diseased, in pain, grief-stricken. No, because this is referencing the fullness of this fulfillment came at his death, right? When he died on the cross. In fact, one more word now. The word born here, surely he has born, B-O-R-N-E, are sicknesses and pains. The word born means to, the Hebrew word means to lift, to bear, okay, as it's translated, to carry away, to cast away, erase, or take away. So in the scripture, when Isaiah saw Jesus doing this, he was taking away. Lifting, bearing, he was removing sickness and pain by taking it upon him on his own self. Everybody with me? Basically, the idea here is that the full load borne by the one carrying it happens so that others could be free of it. Okay? I'm going to carry this. And this is 500 pounds. <laughs> I'm going to carry this so you don't have to. If you're going to carry this, there's no need for me to carry it. Right? If I carry it and then you carry it, someone's doing extra work. If, using the same logic, if God intended for his people not to be free from these issues of sin and disease, then he would not have placed them on Jesus. That would be totally illogical. I'm going to put them on them, and then I'm going to put them on you. 
He's going to bear it all, and now you have to bear it too. That makes zero sense whatsoever. If he intended for us to bear these things, then what in the world is Jesus doing suffering for them? What in the world is, what are the lashes for? Say, well, that's for sin. No, it's not for sin. That's for, by his stripes we are healed. That wasn't the sin part. That was the sickness part of his, of his beating. Everybody with me now? You see how, see how this works together. Uh, turn over to Matthew then. Right turn to Matthew chapter 8. In, in Matthew 8, we read over in the 16th chapter, 8.16, it, it reads here, When evening had come, they brought to him, him here is Jesus, they brought to Jesus, many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word. Isn't that cool? A word. A word. He cast them out and healed all who were sick. Oh, this is a good service right there. All who were sick. And he goes on to say that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. I want you to notice that Matthew states Isaiah's prophecy as being infirmities and sicknesses, not just griefs and sorrows. Okay, so the Holy Spirit through Matthew basically gave us an understanding. What that was said in Hebrew, here it's written in Greek, and here's what it means. Talking about sicknesses and pains, or he says infirmities and sicknesses. We can all see that is in the physical realm, and the context of it is Jesus just got done casting out demons and healing everybody. And then, he, and then Matthew was right, and he said, that's Isaiah. You know, I believe he's inspired, obviously. But that's what Isaiah said. That's what Isaiah was talking about. So even with our modern translations, you do not have to know Greek and Hebrew to understand the Bible. The Bible will interpret itself. You compare scriptures with scriptures and you go, oh, yeah, I see what that's talking about. You don't have to have some advanced degrees in theology to understand what Jesus did at the cross. All right? And so the context, again, shows physical healing. Now, I understand this language might be confusing to some. The language of that it might be fulfilled, that is actually used in multiple places concerning prophecies that, um, that kind of show a preliminary and then a full, full fulfillment later, okay? It's not just this. You can read about it as far as the Gentiles coming into Christ as well, and it says it was fulfilled, but it was before they actually came in. And so this language used here is a... Um, uh, you know, had, had an ongoing fulfillment, and this was just a precursor to what he did at the cross when Isaiah saw him suffering for our sicknesses and diseases. But this is interesting to me that Matthew, writing this after the fact, after this had all happened, in fact, years after the fact, he said, he took our infirmities. He didn't say he took their infirmities. So it wasn't just limited to the healing meeting where everybody got healed. He said he took our infirmities. Everybody with me on that? You notice, notice the, the distinction. Now, uh, some will say, and as you know, I like to answer ob objections that I'm aware of in theology, in Christian circles. Some would say, 
that healing is not a part of redemption. They may potentially, you know, argue with the words, the Hebrew words and the, and the different verses and say, no, forgiveness is for everybody, but healing is not for everybody. It's not a part of God's plan of redemption. And that doesn't fly with me. Let me explain why. If anyone has ever been healed of anything, physical healing, I'm talking about in Jesus' ministry, I'm talking about in this service today, I'm if anyone has ever been healed of anything, upon what basis did they get healed? How did that happen? What was the legal means by which God removed that sickness and disease from their body? Now, I understand I'm blowing past some of you because you're thinking, he's God. He can do anything he wants. That is bad theology. It really is, and I'll, I'll show you why. If anyone has ever been healed of anything, that proves that healing had to be in redemption, meaning Jesus suffering and dying on the cross. How do I know that? Because uh, if God could just, just because he's the Almighty, if he could just randomly say, I'm removing every sickness and pain from your body just because I'm God and I want to, then why didn't he do that with forgiveness? Why didn't he, in his benevolent love, step down in creation and just say, hey, everybody, you've all sinned, forget about it, I've wiped it away, period, done, over, you're all good to go. Why didn't he do that? Now let me answer, and hold on to your seat, seatbelts on, because he couldn't. He couldn't, oh, how can you say that? He's God, he can do anything. God is just. He follows his own word. When he gave us the right to choose right or wrong, those choices stand. He does not, even though he is all loving and wants everybody in. He cannot just step in and act like he didn't give us that choice. God will not pervert justice. This is why, if, see, again, if he could just wipe every sin away just because I'm a good guy, just forget about it. What is the reason for this? In other words, all the Old Testament sacrifices, the great uh, you know, system of people being forgiven for a while, and then the biggest event in all of human history, Jesus dying on the cross. What's up with that? That wasn't a walk in the park. That was no small event. Was he just showing us what it means to love? And so Jesus said, I'll take a brutal beating just to teach him a lesson. No. Here's why he did it. He had to. I don't mean he had to save us. He did that because he wanted to. He wanted us. But if he wanted us to be totally washed clean as if we had never sinned a day in our life, he had to legally pay the price. He's a just God. Sin deserves punishment. Someone's got to be punished. 
And when you're talking about the sin of the world for all eternity, he was the only one who qualified to do it. Okay, but it did have to be done. Say, well, people were forgiven in the Old Testament temporarily. Yeah, they were forgivenesses in the Old Testament. Um, but you know, when Old Testament believers died, you know they didn't go to heaven. They went to Abraham's bosom. Okay, that's you can read that another place, Mark, uh, Luke sixteen, I think. Uh, but they didn't go straight to heaven. Say, why didn't they? Because their forgiveness was kind of temporary, waiting on the final sacrifice. Once Jesus died, Ephesians 4 says he led a multitude of captives out of that place. In other words, they all got to go to heaven then because they were born again. So God was merciful, providing a way and making a way until Jesus could one day fully satisfy the, the justice system of heaven. And they could be, and we could be forgiven. Amen. Not our sins just dismissed, our sins paid for. And God could legally count you righteous, count you just. Yeah? So we know the foundation or the basis by which we are saved, by which we are forgiven of sins. What about healing? Works the same way. God cannot just arbitrarily go in and, and heal people just because he's God and he loves us. No, sin produces sickness. It brought it into the world. It is, you could say it this way, and don't get to the specifics of individuals. In a general sense, it is punishment for, for wrongdoing. It's a curse in the earth that came from sin. In order to deal with the repercussions of sin, you have to pay for it. Anybody spinning? The very fact that one person has ever been healed of anything proves that Jesus suffered so they could be. If he didn't suffer, they couldn't be. But because he did suffer for it, everyone can be. Again, people say, well, what about in the Old Testament? People, people got healed in the Old Testament before Jesus ever died. I know, just like forgiveness, it was on credit. God extended a line of credit for healing for people. It was a temporary blessing until Jesus could come. Because God knew that he would ultimately pay the price for, for everyone's sickness and disease, it extended backwards. But for us, I mean, no, we do have it better. Because this stuff already happened. It's already in the past. So if redemption is for everybody, God buying back through the blood of Jesus, then healing is for everybody. Has to be. Can't be any other way. God heals on a legal basis. He will not pervert justice. And our healing is available to us upon the exact same basis as forgiveness. Nothing different. The exact same basis as Jesus dying for our sins. As much as you can believe that he died for your sins complete and full, you should, I should, have the exact same confidence in the stripes that were placed on his back for my healing. It all happened together. Let me, let me give you one more verse today. It's, it's uh, 1 Peter. Again, sometimes when you read an Old Testament prophecy, 
you find New Testament writers like Matthew and Peter, you know, and then other writers wrote about different verses. When they quote the Old Testament, you get light. You get understanding. Old Testament is Jesus concealed. New Testament is Jesus revealed. We see everything with a, with a new light. After the cross, Peter just seems like in passing, but I'm so glad it was here. He said in verse 24 of chapter 2, 1 Peter 2, verse 24, speaking of the Lord, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Do you notice, again, I taught this whole lesson last week, but it's always connected. Sin and sickness are always connected together. See, that was last week's message, but here we see it again. Yeah. Sometimes I think about some of these sci-fi movies. Anybody like sci-fi movies? All right, good. A couple of you are saved. Uh, it seems like whenever the aliens attack, they always have some kind of uh, hive, you know, mothership that controls all everything else. And as we're being pummeled, they figure out how to kill the mothership, and then everything else goes limp, <laughs> right? Everything else falls right, when they do that. It's, it's similar in this regard. When... Uh, when sin was dealt with, I want to tell you, there are so many things connected to that. So many curses and the corresponding blessings happen when sin goes away. Okay, back to this. Meditate on that as long as you want. <laughs> he bore sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Did you notice that Peter changed the tense of the word from Isaiah. Isaiah said, by his stripes you are healed. And then Peter just took liberty and said, by his stripes you were healed. Why did he change that? Because from Peter's perspective, he's looking backwards. And Jesus already suffered. He died on the cross. And so as far as our healing goes... That's a past tense event. This is not something that we're trying to get God to do. It would be futile to try to get God to heal you. But it would be highly profitable for us to acknowledge in the Lord's presence that Jesus already did it. I like to say it this way sometimes. We are not the sick trying to get healed, but we are the healed appropriating the rights of our redemption. Say, well, if that was really in redemption, certainly everybody would be healed and we wouldn't have any physical problems whatsoever. Okay, if, if that, with that logic, what about sin? Again, a per, how many know a person can be a true believer? I've been a pastor for a while. A genuine believer, they're truly saved and still struggling with addictions and sinful behavior. They keep acting like a, you know, a heathen. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you so dominated by that? The prison cell is open. You are free. And yet, that's not their experience. But how many know it can be? How many know it ought to be? So just the fact that someone struggles with something has no bearing on the fact that, 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 that Jesus provided it. Everybody okay? If God would not lead us into sin, 
then he would not lead us into sickness and disease. I know there's strong statements here, but chew, chew on it. Amen. To say that sickness is God's will would be tantamount to saying that sin is God's will. We would never say that. But when we get the heart of God on the subject, we see his thoughts, we see he put them together. We see that Jesus paid in full the price for our forgiveness and the price for our healing at the very same moment. In our, our legal system, we have something uh, called double jeopardy. You ever heard of that? Double jeopardy, meaning a person cannot be, you know, prosecuted for the same crime twice. When I read the, the New Testament, I find multiple places Paul would use this language. He said, I have been crucified with Christ. And you know the full picture. We died with him. We were raised with him. So I would say, I wasn't there. Well, yeah, you were. Not physically, you don't, you know. But you were, as far as God's concerned, you were in Christ when he died. You were in Christ when he was raised up. So listen, when Jesus died on the cross, guess who also died? You did. I did. I died on the cross in him. It was imputed to my account. I died with him. So watch. If, 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 if we, Jesus and I, suffered for the price of sin and disease back then, if I am then punished again, prosecuted again for my sins, double jeopardy. You can't do that. It's already paid. I cannot be held to, to account for those things any longer. Jesus paid them for me. Healing today is an established fact. You see how so many times we get this wrong and we think about this in an incorrect manner. We're thinking the Lord is deciding he's withholding or he's doing it. Stop. He already did do this. Just like you and I would never, after doing something wrong, go to, go to the Father and say, I've done wrong. Would you send Jesus to the cross for me? I mean, if anyone were around, we'd say, no, 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 he already did that. He did it once and for all. He doesn't have to go back. Right. We'd say, Jesus, go pay the price. No, it's finished. Just receive. Likewise, for our healing, God doesn't have to do anything. Say, well, what if he doesn't want us? Well, I want us to be healed. One, I've already covered that. <laughs> Secondly, it doesn't matter. Now, it matters to me in my heart. I want to know that my Father, my Creator, I want to know that He loves me and wants me to do well and to not suffer. I want to know His heart for me as a Father. You know, we get, we get that. But even if He didn't, it really doesn't matter. You say, why doesn't it matter? Because He already did it. He already paid for it. It's a, it's a finished. He can't go back. You can't undo it. It's already done. From the New Testament, New Covenant perspective, healing is an accomplished fact. It is accomplished for anyone, for everyone, uh, uh, independent of how good you are or bad you are or, or anything like that. It's just done. 
See, this foundation for healing sets us up to succeed. It sets us up to receive those things that have been provided, and it sets us up to be bold in the midst of our lives. This is why we, I can be so bold when I'm, when I'm talking about healing. There's a couple subjects that I get uh, fired up for without any, you know, help. Don't even think I'd have to pray. I mean, seriously, sometimes, this is one of them, obviously. Uh, one of the subjects, when I teach on healing, the presence of God seems so tangible to me. I many times, I'm thinking, I've gone away from many of our healing meetings thinking, wow, that was easy. It just flowed out of me. It's like, bam. And my thought is this. God really wants people to be well. He wants people to receive the fullness of what Jesus suffered and died for. And I tell you, my heart, I do not want Jesus to have taken one stripe needlessly. Where he's striped and then I'm striped. He's pummeled and then I take the same thing thinking, oh Lord, why are you letting this happen? No, I see that he took it and now I'm going to take my stand and say, he bore this. I'm not bearing it too. I'm not letting that. No way are we both paying for this. I believe Jesus' sacrifice was sufficient. Amen. And so healing is done. Healing, from God's standpoint, is forever settled, completely finished. It's a fact, Jack. That you are, that I am healed. Amen. Now, I recognize, and I'm not done in the series, this is brand new, and you're going to struggle with Job and Paul's thorn for the next week. <laughs> Stop. I'm not done. We'll go there. Okay, we'll answer some more of these things. But if you're used to walking by sight, your thing is, I'm healed, but I don't feel healed. I'm healed, but I don't see it. I get that. That's the reason we teach this. If everything the Lord did became 100% our experience just because he did it, then I don't even need to be saved. Because he did it, and I'm already saved. Hallelujah. And so we'll come back, and we'll talk more about these things and, and get into this. But uh, this is the foundation of healing ministry today. Let me say it again. What's the foundation? It's already done. By his stripes we were. Jesus already bore it. He carried it away from me. He took it so I don't have to take it. I'm never going to question God's will in the matter. His, no, no, this is not a matter of that because if he didn't want to do it, he shouldn't have done it. The decision regarding your physical health was decided 2,000 years ago. And the Lord said, yep, I want it that way. Let's redeem these guys. Let's redeem them completely. Amen. Let's redeem, let's give them new life in their spirit. Let's give them soundness and wholeness in their bodies. Amen. Father, thank you for working in us today.